Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today, we are discussing Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince as a whole. So we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and we want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around, donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And we have Wizard Team merch, so head over to our website and step up your nerd fashion and stationery game. You can find that also at blackgirlscreate.org and then click the little hamburger thing and then it says merch and then you click on that and then merch. Boom. Um, and if you want to support us, we don't have the funds to do so. Rate and review us on iTunes. And subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deb with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can also go to blackgirlscrate.org. And now for Wizard Team News. Um, so the Fantastic <laughs> Beast reviews are in. And Woo! we don't want to go all the way in on it, but I just personally have to laugh at how bad they are. And it's great. And I'm excited. Not excited. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling petty and um, vindicated and like, you know, go see the movie if you want. But like, I'm over here laughing. I think I'm excited that they're bad because that means like we were talking about um, in our Slack community, um, like if the, if it's getting panned this badly, then they're not going to make it to five of these things. <laughs> like, right. um, well, we'll see. Cause if it still does well, they'll continue to make them. So even if the critics hate them, but they make money, then they'll still get made, I guess. But I'm excited because I feel like it is a good time. It's a good place for them to like, especially JK Rowling, especially to like, you know, stop, look at her life, look at her choices, reassess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, rejigger some things, change some things around. Um, possibly to her Potterheads of Color. Possibly go back and actually read her books. That also went as well. Um, listen to her fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. stop flagging uh, fanfic and pretending like you're superior to it because get rid of Johnny Depp, perhaps. Get rid of Johnny Depp. Just a suggestion. Potentially, you know, just you know, I'm not a you know, call him first. Colin Firth. I always do that. Colin Farrell <laughs> is fine and fine. You know? I mean, none of these things are going to happen. I think she's just going to dig her heels, heels in or whatever and whatever happens, happens. But like, whatever. It's fine. This is one of those things where I'm like, when do you give up on a, on a person? I'm more or less at this point, so I've moved on. I don't know what my, I don't know what the stages of, I don't know where petty is in the stages of grief, but that's where I am. Where like <laughs> all of these like whatever, all these reviews made me laugh. Like I actually was giggling to myself um, yeah. as I read them, and like at a certain point it'll be less. Like I was sad, I was a little irritated. Now I'm just like oh, it's funny to me. Um, at a certain point I won't care at all. So like we'll get there. Yeah, it's fine. By next time, it's but, been, like I two mean, years. I'm... I'll be like oh. I'm at the place where I like I uh, this franchise. I don't care, like yeah. I mean, I care child, as far I don't as care. I care as far as they touch the original series. Yeah, that That's yes, I care about that. But like, yeah. I'm wondering like if then in two months or something, 
J.K. Rowling releases something else, I'm not going to be excited anymore. We've passed that ship has sailed. Yeah. But am I going to like pay attention? Maybe because I just you know we also do the, as a team, so like partly we have to have to pay post, attention um, until we officially say we're not paying attention to it. But so. I mean, even things that are not like. We didn't have to pay attention to the Corman Strike books. Like, that was just because she That's wrote true. them. And I also haven't bought her. Um, I haven't bought her last book. Because that John is 70 chapters. Well, that's not even why. Like, I just, I, I was like, oh, shit, that comes out. And then I just never did it. And then you were telling me that shit's 70 chapters. And I was like, does she not have an editor? Yeah. And then I haven't bought it yet. So we'll see. I mean, happens. it's not a bad book. No, that's I'm not, not even saying it know. is. It probably is fine. It's, yeah. It doesn't need, it just doesn't need to be 70 chapters. Yeah. But the other part about it is that, and then we can move on mm-hmm. to the books that we do like. Mm-hmm. Um, the part of, the other thing about it is, is that like, I was, all of the stuff, like, it came out right in the middle of Fantastic Beasts promos and all this other stuff. Um, so I was just annoyed. And then I was reading her other work. And then I was like, picking out things that normally would like make me side eye, but like wouldn't mm. really annoy me. And also I was reading this book, this, the newest Corman strike book while reading half blood print. So the romance stuff was like, right. Really palpable. <laughs> really just, yeah, I feel just that. too much. But I was wondering, um, when we were looking at reading the reviews and stuff and I was thinking about, okay, well, you know, how can they fix this? How can they like, you know, write the ship or whatever. And then I was thinking, okay, so if they if she does like by some stroke of what luck, listen to her Potterheads of Color, listen to the fandom, go back and like either what I'm most excited about is give someone else permission to write in that world, um, or write something else in that world that has nothing to do with fucking Harry Potter story. Mm-hmm. Um Am I going to be excited about it? Or am I just going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm like, I can't even predict what my my reaction will be until it happens. And then that'll be my reaction, you know? Mm -hmm. So it kind of is what it is, I think. Luna has been asleep all day. Who wants to make noise right now? Yeah, I'm talking about you. (laughs) Um, also in Wizard Team news, that was not on the agenda because that shit just happened. My sister and I saved a cat and that was wild. Um, <laughs> saved a cat? I don't question mark, question mark, question mark. No, we did because she has a home and she will get fed and, and she'll be cleaned and it'll be fine. I, for two people who are not, who are like aggressively not animal people, we did the thing. Aggressively not Aggressively not. When she came up with like, we're dealing with a stray cat right now, my like, I, w- I literally was like. It might be safer for the cat if y'all just leave it. <laughs> it just happened. I don't know what happened. Really, what it was was my I'm sister. Just and it was that... like, it was, I don't, man. I didn't touch the cat, but I helped. I called when all I, the, I called I the just... shelters. I called the police, even though I don't like that. I called, like, the vet. I was in the, in the Facebook groups, like, how can I help this cat, bro? Like, help me out. Give me tips. Um, we she went around to neighbors. We bought out. We had uh, you talked to strangers. 
our, the neighbor who like came to our thing with the cat like had cat food and so like the problem was that she had took the cat in and then but she has a cat and her cat was not fucking with the and it was a kitty like it was this tiny little kitty um so she was like i can't like keep the cat and so then she had cat food so we had food and water out for her we let her hide under cars um it was a lot but then we figured it out and now she's safe and that's all that there is the to say the I'm cat really, survived. The cat survived my my sister and I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at a certain point, like, like Kira was, like, looking at me, like, so we have to keep the cat. And I was like, do mm, do we have to keep the cat, though? Like, is that a thing we have to do? And then we ca- and then we kept the cat. And then we called my mom, and she freaked out. Um, and then we took the cat back outside, and then we figured out a way to figure to get it all together. And the cat is really cute. I didn't touch the cat because I, again, am not an animal person. Akira is much closer to being an animal person than I am. So she and Akira is not an animal person. And she's not. But, like, she, she at the very least, like, she called one of her friends, or, like, she's basically our cousin, um, who has cats and was like, okay, so what do we do? <laughs> at the very least, she has had interactions. I mean, I cat sat one time, but still, it was a bigger cat, too, and not a stray. And you complained about it. Um, I did. Um, but... Yeah, so it was an adventure, and I don't need to have another one of those for, like, 18 years. Um, but the cat was really cute, and I'm glad it's safe. Yeah. And, yeah, we were outside at one point, and Akira was like, should we just let her go? And I was like, we can't let, like, now that we've assumed responsibility of the cat, we can't now let the cat go. <laughs> it just seems wrong. Um, but everything worked out, this and we're cat. fine. And we're fine. The cat is fine. Are we sure the cat is fine? Yes, we are. I've never been so worried proof. for a cat. We've proof. It's not like we've killed animals. We just don't own them and don't mess with them like that. That's all. When I first got a dog, Akira and Aminata came over and Ami was just feeding Zelda chocolate graham crackers. Well, that, well how old was Ami? Like... Oh, no, yes, but Akira was there. No, no. The, she was younger. She was like four. Okay. This is Zelda, not Luna. Oh, it was Zelda. Um, okay. I mean, but Icky, we don't... So but Icky was just sitting being, there. Well, and Icky was like, I didn't know. And I was right. Like, there's a difference between like not knowing though and like actively trying to... I don't know. The way you said it made it seem like we really like don't. It's just like we don't know. We don't... We're not cat... We're not dog cat they're not. They're I had not a dog growing up. They're not actively hurting animals. They just no, aggressively we just don't not, know. So, like, we used to have um, a dog when I was a kid. <laughs> Funny story. My dad brought the dog on the same day my mom brought my brother home from the hospital. <laughs> so that was a thing. But we had a dog from when I was really little up until we moved. So I was, like, 10 or so. And I didn't, but I didn't, like, it, it was my dad's dog, like, specifically. Because uh, my mom doesn't do animals. It doesn't do pets like that. Um, and so I just don't really do, and then I also, I'm, we, my, I am potentially allergic to dogs, not really clear. I just have a lot of weird allergies, so I tend to just steer clear generally. Um, but I think they're cute, so I don't want to, like, leave her out (laughs) in the street in the cold and the smoke and shit. Like, it gets really cold out here at nighttime, and, um, and, like, I could hear the cat crying last night. Akira was outside and, like, heard the cat. And then that's part of why she took her this morning, because she was, or I guess it was this afternoon, because she was like, wait, but that was the cat from yesterday. And so you had a whole thing. Anyway, the cat is safe now. So that's all that matters. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I really, I, man. Man. It was a day. <laughs>
I want to say that um, Maggie says in the chat, "Aw, Kitty, great job putting in the research to save the cat. 50 points to Ravenclaw. And Delia says, yay, safe cat. So you're getting accolades in the chat. Man, um, never been so stressed in my life. I mean, like, high five for you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I was just very nervous. Girl, there was, I'm glad you it said, all worked out. You had said, like, um, <laughs> you said, no offense, y'all are not good with animals. I was like, where is the offense? That's just facts, bro. Like, that's just actually a factual statement. Magical birthdays. Shout out to Karen. Her birthday is this Friday. Um, so happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Turn up. I hope you go see Widows instead of the other thing for your birthday. That <laughs> sounds awesome. Or I mean, like, go see the other thing, obviously, if that's what you want to do. Um, but I'm pretty sure you don't if I, if my intuition is correct. Um, but Widows drops the same, the same day. So, you know, that's Viola Davis. Um, <laughs> and so, Daniel and um, Paperboy, whose name I can't remember right now. <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry? Yes. And it's Steve McQueen's movie, so let's it's, start yeah. there. Yeah, just go see it. That's that shit. I'm gonna go see it. I like this coming weekend. I don't know when yet, but I'm gonna really? do it. I'm gonna wear my Deathly Hollow shirt. Can I too. come? Sure, I don't care. Wear your Potter gear. <laughs> They're gonna be so confused. <laughs> Two four fantastic sure beasts. Nah, no. bitch. We don't want to <laughs> see that shit. <laughs> Widows. Viola, bro. Viola. You're for actual. Black girl magic, okay? Actual magic. <laughs> <laughs> Not whatever that crap they put up there. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my god. Speaking gosh. of magic, do we want to get into it? Yes. Um, so, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Um, it's the thing that we watched on Saturday Ooh. with y'all. Thank you very much for joining us. That so many really people. Fun. That was awesome. So many people. It was great. It was very fun. Um, I almost got in a car accident a couple times because I was supposed to be home. Well, see, what happened was I like took an impromptu trip to San Diego. And then I was like, I'll come back either on Saturday or Sunday. But like it has to be, you know in between this window of six o'clock and six o'clock. Like I have this window right. of when I'm going to come back. And then people were like, and then on Friday I was, um, my friends were also in town from, they, they moved all over the place. I used to know them when they lived in San Diego. Now they live in Indiana and they have a baby. And so they were in town. So then I ended up not leaving Friday because I needed to do, I need to see them. And then everyone was like, California's on fire. So then I left yeah. on Saturday and California's on fire. Mm-hmm. So the drive, which is already a long drive, took longer. Yeah. I figured. It was fine. But I mean, Robin has watched it since then. Since I have. I watched it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and woo. I don't have to watch this again. Well, so first, let's talk about what we did like. Let's start with the, with the good things. Of the movie? Um, of the movie. I They're really like, like when Harry takes Felix Felicis and he goes, Pences. Yeah, I was going to say, my really my favorite thing about this movie is that scene, is, is Harry drunk on Felix. Um, but also, I think Daniel Radcliffe did really well in this movie. They're like, he's really good with the comedic timing. So it was like that particular scene and then the one where Lavender is wilding out on the uh, Hogwarts Express and he's just ooh, like, ooh, that's a nice armrest. He goes up and down. He's like, wow, that's fascinating. Never seen that he before. Looks at, he looks at he, he was Ron like, I and love he goes, magic. He's like, he looks at Ron and it's like, charming. Yeah, he's like, oh, he that's wonderful. Great. Yeah. Um, I will say I agree with that. 
Daniel Radcliffe is an amazing actor. Go see, like, go watch Horns and The Lobster. Not The Lobster. He's not in The Lobster. He's in another one. Horns and there's another one. Um, he's great. He's a great actor. And I think that, like, Harry Potter definitely helped make him a great actor. Um, someone had said on Twitter or on Slack, I don't know. We have a lot. We talk to y'all on a lot of different formats. Someone said somewhere <laughs> that Rupert had the flu. So there were a lot of like awkward scenes where he's just kind of in the background. So they were we trying to like, Delia. Delia said this. Yes. Um, I just don't know where she said it. So there were a lot of like awkward, like Ron's there, but not doing anything. Um, yeah. But when he is drunk on Almertentia, that is also really a highlight. He does a really good job. And he goes, like, he goes through it because he's, he's drunk and then he's dying, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like very quickly. So um, those are my two highlights. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will say that, like, this one of the reasons why, like, so I do agree because you, you said this, I think, on the Slack this morning when you were watching it um, about how five and six are, like, the worst. And I actually agree with that. Like, I didn't think about it like that. But I, I agree in terms of, like, the being the messiest and not really fully getting There's the full no plot of what it is. There's, There's no, yeah. So no in terms plot. of that, I think, they, I think those two are the worst. But I would also say that I have generally, I don't necessarily like the Half-Blood Prince movie, but, like, the thing that I like about it the most is the way that they kind of balance, and not so much visually, because, like, it's a dark-ass movie, but just, like, so like color palette-wise. We talk about color palettes a lot on, on our Doctor Who podcast. Tarbis, Time and Relative Blackness in Space. Um, <laughs> but I will say that, like, the balance between, like, the humor and then the, like, dark and kind of, like, you know, actual... Yeah, evil Voldemort shit that's going on. I think they do a good job with that, and I think, and that's also in the book, to be honest. But I and I think that the actors did a good job of portraying that, where they're like moments where are really serious, but then moments where they're like they have to have good comedic timing, and they do that well. Yeah. Um, so, like, just I mean, even uh, Dan's face when Hermione is being interrogated by Slughorn about her parents, and he's just like, "Oh, hmm, dentists, interesting." <laughs> like, they're just like good moments where they're. It's funny just to like watch his face and to watch other people's faces while these things are happening. So, I think that like performance wise, like the, like the actors did a really good job. Um, it was yeah, yeah. It's I'm it's not. To think if I don't, there's anything else I like about this movie, though. I don't think that any of it is like a failing on the actors. Yeah, um, no, it's, any, it's I don't think any writing. of the failings in this movie are on the actors. Um, but talking about color palettes and things too, this movie is unnecessarily dark. Not in, just in tone, because the book is kind of a dark in tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in color, and then there's, like, moments, like, the entire cave scene just goes black and white. Why? Yeah. Yeah. With, like, po- like pockets of color. There's the, which is there's cool. There's, like, the sepia tone of the pinkies. Yeah. There's, yeah. like, yeah. Which is, like, these are cool choices, but when you throw them all in one movie, you're like, well, what, what, what is happening? Why I mean, like, even this? the Quidditch scene is, like, dark, even though it's happy and it's mostly, like, a funny thing. You know what I mean? Like, the Quidditch uh, tryouts and the, um game are like like just the just it's very like gloomy which i guess kind of makes sense given um no you're right um which i guess kind of makes sense given you know like in the book there's that there's like this oh there's like this fog that kind of like sits around everywhere because the dementors are breeding so like there is that we have to remember dementors out here 
procreating and or splitting like amorphous like amoebas or whatever. But um, so there is that. But like, I do think that I don't know. I think that there's like kind of a and obviously this movie came out a while ago. Now I can't remember when exactly. But like, I think there's a thing with shows and movies now where I feel like even if the tone is dark, I just like to see more shows do shows and movies do a better job of like keeping the color palette brighter, even when like serious and dark, like tonal things are happening tonally and like plot wise. Um, because you know, you need to because see. It's hard to see, right? Like, it's hard. <laughs> and I think that there are some moments that like making things dark is the right choice or is like, is an interesting choice. But I think now because so many people do it, it's no longer interesting. So like, just kind of switching that up. But again, this came out, this didn't come out this year. So um, there is that. So I also um, think there's a part of it that is like, look at the beauty of high definition. Yeah. <laughs> look at all the things that we can do. We can have dark things and you can still see, but um, so Delia says the dance performance is her favorite. Amani says the acting, but Felix, um, Harry, Felix, Felix Harry is top. Um, Maggie says the pincers. Delia also says that despite Hermione being mischaracterized, she also thinks that this is Emma's best performance. Um, and it, to sh- all of them are really good, to be honest, but it's a shame that it's wasted on this movie. Yeah. Portia says the magic was nice. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> well, see, like, the magic gets on my nerves. Like, once we get to Order of the Phoenix, the magic frustrates me because we don't actually see what ca- what spells they're casting. Like, they just mm-hmm. throw things, and it's a, lot of fla- it's a lot of flashes and bangs, but we don't get, like... Like, in the uh, Department of Mystery season, scene in uh, Order of the Phoenix, we don't get, like, Terence Allegra. So we don't get Neville, his... We, and I talked about this when we were talking about Order of the Phoenix. We don't get his mm-hmm. legs flailing around, right? We don't get, like, the... Mo- like, I feel like one of the things about the Wizarding World is that it's really whimsical and quirky and weird. And, like, I think that the show... Or the movie did a good... Or the series, I guess, did a good job of showing that in the first couple of movies... Um, yeah. But then as we went, go on, because it becomes darker and more serious and Voldemort's back, we don't get those kind of like odd moments. Um, and so you don't see it. You see it with the way that they kind of just get rid of spells. They just kind of f- throw their wands at each other. And then it does. And it's more like, oh, I got hit as opposed to like, oh, now my like arm is doing a weird thing and I don't have bones in it. You know what I mean? Or like I mm-hmm. am not now I'm tap dancing, but I'm in the middle of a duel. What what do I do there? Um and then also in everyone's boring ass outfits. So like, it's like a weird situation where everyone's in like these three piece suits, these like, and like t-shirts and trainers, but like, where are your robes? You're in a party now. So like, why are you wearing a dress that you could get at Macy's? Um, so it's like, it's like a weird thing where they're not matching the, like they get the, they get the tone right, but they don't get the like world right in terms of like how strange it is. Like we never see Fudge in his like lime green bowler hat. We don't see how, like, absurd all this stuff is while dealing with the series. And I think that that would be, I feel like it would just add more to. It's a misstep for them. Yeah. I feel like it would add more to seeing it visually, if that makes sense. So hilariously, while you were talking about this, in the chat, the fashion came up. So in response to Delia's beautiful gown shade, Portia says, except the only, only the Death Eaters and the Slytherins get popping wardrobes. And then Dahlia says, and everyone else is in those damn muggle hoodies. Right. Portia reminds us that in the fifth movie, um, they gave us the ministry scene where we see a diversity in wizard dress and Harry enters, be- when, when Harry enters the ministry before his trial. And, um, and I, I, I agree. Like I, there is a, 
moment on the when we get on the on the Hogwarts Express for the first time, and I'm like, do all the Slytherins have a wardrobe? Like, I mean, I know that we have like school uniforms with your, which is mm-hmm. also like very awkward when and when they when they wear their school uniforms and when they don't. Um, in this movie, it's not consistent mm-hmm. um, because Draco is always in a suit. <laughs> like, meanwhile. We see the like Gryffindors in their uniform with like the tie. There was like one time. Well, it was during the second Semper where he has on his like actual uniform, just no robes, just okay. the, like. Um, but yeah, so he's all but, like disheveled or whatever. Yeah, but that first moment when they're on the um, like even Crab and Goyle are in black designer suits, and I'm like, right. that doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. but it yeah, just, I, think, I mean it's. It's the Fantastic Beast problem where it's like, y'all have so many options, right? Like, it's not like you have to, you're not in the muggle world and it's very clear in the movies that like, or sorry, in the books that like, these wizards don't know how to dress like muggles. So if they even tried, they would look ridiculous. I mean, like the kids are a little bit better at it, but like the fact that we have these people not dressed in like these, in robes and like, especially on their off days, like maybe Harry and like some of the more muggle born, muggle raised kids would just wear muggle clothes. Um, when they're at school, but, like, some of them have never, what's the point of having those, right? So, like, right. it's a missed opportunity in the wardrobe department, and I think now I always think back to Black Panther, where they, like, went all the way in, and, like, imagine if the Harry Potter movies had gone all the way in. Right. Um, it feels like a, it's like they're holding themselves back in ways that they didn't necessarily need to. Um, and not to bring it back to Fantastic Beast again, but I was thinking about this, um, because we get that scene, the scene in the cave, and the robe that Dumbledore is wearing is fire. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, so I saw pictures from the premiere of Fantastic Beast and, jo- uh, not Johnny Depp, the other one. Jude, Jude Law. Law is wearing, like, a crushed velvet suit. And it's, like, a yeah. turquoise or a green. Um, and I'm like, why does he look more like a wizard than, like, in that I fashion mean, choice than he does It's more like a wizard movie. dressing like a muggle, though, because as we yeah. remember, we keep talking about the plum velvet suit, but that's when Dumbledore was trying to dress trying to be a muggle, a muggle. Not, not, right. in his, not in his regular day-to-day outfit. Right, but, um, I'm, but I'm saying, like, that is more what I would expect um, yeah. when we see, again, when we, go, when we see Dumbledore and it's supposed to be in his plum velvet suit and he's in, like, some gray, brown nonsense... Thing, exactly. Um, which might be in which the I mean could have been all, purple. But... Yeah, I was gonna say it could have been purple, <laughs> but we wouldn't know. <laughs> but because <laughs> of the um, filter. But it's one of those things where it's like these are choices and these are very, um, like I like that you bring up Black Panther because like these are very deliberate choices. These are not like nothing that nothing that ends up on the screen in a movie is by accident. Every mm-hmm. shot counts. Every shot is planned. It. And it sh- or it should be if it's not like why are you what are you doing directing a blockbuster movie like this right so um, every shot should be thought out and planned and figuring out like even when you hear Ryan Coogler talking about the wardrobe and, and things um, and, and Black Panther like he's not the costume designer that's Ruth Carter who is a legend right but he's thought about it and they've had conversations about it and so as a director he's like this is what i'm thinking and then she makes those visions come to reality you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but like he's thinking okoye should be in a red dress that you know like looks and she should have like this like you know more you know like traditional or, or classic look while Nakia can look more like adventurous and fashionable. Mm-hmm. Like he's thought about that shit. Mm-hmm. So 
why have why, why are we getting and again it comes back to they haven't read the books mm-hmm. or no they haven't read the books or even if they I, did they very much are not taking it on in. they're taking it very much surface level and not looking at like things that really make the story stand out because like like I again like and make and give the, the world depth and like that's right what, and like, make it like feel quirky and like weird because I think that's the thing that we kind of miss in the movies is how strange the magical world is like it's a weird ass place and they do random ass shit that makes no sense and like you know we yell about that on the podcast or whatever but like also I think that's what makes the world the world um, and I think that the movies make everything a little too serious um, when. There are th- there are moments that should have a little bit more levity or should just like not like while the while the interaction is like true to human beings and whatever like I think that the way that it looks should be like a little jarring and like what why are they doing this what the fuck is going on um, yeah so yeah I also so I think-, think that um, and and then we can move on but I also think that uh-huh. it's important to think about. <clears throat> The weirdness of the Wizarding World is what makes it lasting and unique to us, right? It's what it's what gives us keeps us interested. Like we don't, yeah. If there's a secret world or a hidden world that looks just like our world, like what is that's not interesting, like. Mm-hmm. And so those 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 quirks and stuff are what are what help give the the fans like that depth and and interest and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, so like kind of moving into the themes of the book versus the movie. Um, I feel like this, I feel like in terms of just themes, like we're not even gonna talk about plot and the way it was written, like we'll get there. Um, but I think that the themes more or less align cause it's very much the, the kind of like balancing of, um, like Voldemort being out of the open, having to deal with that. And then also being teenagers in a school and like, because like even in, there was the, and I didn't even notice this like in any of the other times that I watched it, but like um, the moment where Draco was on his way to the part, to the room of requirement to get the Death Eaters, you see, there's like this scene where he's like walking down the hall and like right in like the foreground, there are um, like, the, there's like two couples who are making out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like after hours and shit, and like shouldn't nobody be out, you know, out in the, halls but like they're make so it's just like they that kind of like balance of like all these hormones are the rage and then um and Malfoy's out here like doing some Nazi shit which like in my head I was like look what he could be doing but he out here like messing with Voldemort's (laughs) ass like wow played himself um you know Pansy waiting for him in the common room like wow Draco's never looked at me that's crazy um so yeah so I think that that part they did a pretty good job of of doing they'd still suck at the romance part but but like they didn't have much to work with, so like I don't really know uh, what to what to like that. I kind of want to give them a pass on that because there wasn't much. They just sped it up so it made it even worse. Um, like we don't actually see Jenny and Dean break up. We just see them make out one time, hear that they're fighting, and then all of a sudden Jenny's kissing Harry in the room of requirement, and it's fine. Um, the chemistry is like bananas um, in like a bad way, and that's really it but like i mean oh and tonks and remus are just dating there's Mm -hmm. no there's nothing they don't say nothing about it they just happen to be together now um but yeah i think i I think most like i think the best thing that they do is they understand the themes they just don't get the details within that if that makes sense 
Yeah, and I think one of the other things when you're talking about that that juxtaposition of like Draco going to get the Death Eaters while people are making out and things is like I feel like there was also in the books at least there was a good amount of seeing the effects of Voldemort's rise um, throughout the year. I think in the movie mm-hmm. we get that like opening when when Harry first gets to the borough and it's like my parent my mom had a freak out and she wasn't gonna let us go back to Hogwarts and and Hermione being like yeah even my parents know something's weird um but we don't get like you know the um the scene in the great hall where um one of the students finds out that her brother's been attacked by a werewolf and like right um and those kind of things that are happening inside we just get a lot of romance um which I think the romance is important but I think it's also like that kind of you see this a lot too with like when people go to war and like you like you see like marriages like spiking among people that are enlisted because there's this like today might like there's this very real probable like today might be my last day so like let's not Mm -hmm. you know and so I think that that I always I always thought about it as like people are really like searching for love and holding on to like puppy love and all that stuff because like it's terrifying especially in Harry's year and seventh years that are like the time at Hogwarts is coming to a close yeah I mean even in the in the books Molly has that um that critique of like Bill and Floor's relationship which we don't get Mm -hmm. out they just cut that out of here Um, Bill who? Who's who's Bill? No no idea never heard of him um but they cut, they they have Molly have that moment where she's like, they're just rushing because Voldemort's out. And then Jenny's like, yeah, but like, didn't you and your and dad do that <laughs> yeah. also? So, um, yeah, I think that if they had portrayed it that way, I think it would have hit harder as well. Yeah, I think it was just, it was very, like, separate. The, the theme of, like, the young love and... Um, Voldemort's return and stuff like I feel like they just they they didn't tie them together as well Mm -hmm. as they could have yeah because I think that they were two sides of the same coin like they it all was connected and they just didn't do a good job of portraying those connections Mm -hmm. for sure um but the book does a good job the book does a good job of that the rest of the romance should make no goddamn sense. No, this is annoying. It's but why? the reasoning for it makes sense. <laughs> yes. Like, I understand what's happening there. I'm picking up what you're laying down. The why's, um, I understand. The how's, I'm still struggling it's with. It's like, yikes. Um, so characters in the books versus movie. Let's first of all talk about Lavender Brown, who is brown. Um, who also, like, <laughs> we don't know her name until, no. like... Does he ever say lavender? Like at one point towards the end. Yeah. What no when after they start making out and he's like what me and Lav have or something oh, like that's that. That's true. Yeah. But that's like they <laughs> I mean I'm like I was like sitting there like maybe that's not lavender brown. Maybe we got all up in an uproar for nothing. Man, so my she thing She don't got though, no name. Yeah. I mean so first first of all, like two things. One um, y'all already know how I feel about Lavender and like the deal with Lavender and the fact that she was first cast as black until she became a, main, a major character and then was recast, recast. as a white person. And um, she was cast as black twice. Two, two, two times. Two times. Two Count different em. black actresses. Count them. Um, so they were then, like, we don't know this girl, but we know she's black. Mm-hmm. 
um, twice. And then um, my main thing, though, was I was like, when is she going to take a breath? Like, girl, homegirl, you finna exficiate every time you see. That's because she was, that's because she was Hermione Jr. And Hermione does has trouble breathing, too. And they girl, all need she was like, asthma. Every moment she felt like she was like, she was holding on. She had inhaled, but never exhaled. I was like, girl, if you don't let that shit go, that's not healthy. Good job, Juan. Yeah. Good luck, Ronald. Yeah. Good job, Ronald. It's my Ron Juan. I'm like, girl, oh. you don't unclench your damn butt cheeks. Like, please calm the fuck down. <laughs> I was just, the whole time, like, regardless of all the shit going on, the fact that it didn't make any sense, I was just like, girl, I just need you to take, like, two breaths. Please, you're stressing me out. I also didn't, like, I mean, we've talked about, like, there's, like, the whole anti-feminist of both the, of, of the books in general, and you can't really get away from that. Like, Lavender's supposed to be girly and silly and blah, blah, blah. But they made her deranged. Like, yeah. in the movie, Lavender is not a girl with a crush on Ron, who, like, has pet name, like, which is an annoying pet name. But it's just, like... But it's, it's just a, the it's pet a name. It's a 16-year-old it's dude. A, yeah. Whatever. This girl, I was like, fuck a like, breakup. Like, we need, need to get her. a restraining order. Right. <laughs> like, you get her some help, bro. Like, that whole scene, like we talked on. about Dan's comedic timing and that whole scene of like Ron in the train where she's mm-hmm. doing I love you or whatever. One, you're dating at that point. Open the door and say hi. What is this? Why are you not just sitting with him? Like, why you don't did you ha- not like, just come in? You got like two hours. To I get miss to you. Just come in, then. Like, we could hang out right now. Like, I'm right here. What you mean don't you miss me, issue, bro? The only thing between us is the door. It opens. <laughs> what are you talking? What is going on? <laughs> what is this? Hermione's yeah. not here. It's just me and Harry. Yeah, like it was just a lot. It was miss like me what? aggressively and, I, from the same and like this is why to the train and this is why for the longest time right you conflate the book lavender with the movie lavender and somewhere in the middle you're like lavender's tripping and she really wasn't like, she really wasn't but in your head when you get them both together you're like yo because you're seeing this girl who's not breathing talking about wan wan and, and <laughs> breathing heavy on doors that's what you start to see in your head and you're like girl this girl needs to chill she just needs like a br- she just needs to go somewhere where you just take like breath. She needs some yoga. Right. <laughs> like, like man. A peace room. Oh, Lord. Man. Like, girl, it is not that serious. <laughs> also, like, Parvati is not in this movie. No. Um, and I feel like in the books, it really helps to have her there. Mm-hmm. Because you'd only get, like, Ron, or Harry and, and Hermione being like, okay, I'm going to go vomit or like, good Lord. Um, but you don't get anyone that's on her side or with her. Yeah, and like, cause you, she's always alone too. Like you yeah, never see her with anyone all, else. She's alone the whole time when she when we first see her in um the Weasleys with it Weasleys. She's mm-hmm. alone when she comes up to Ron, which is like good on you for puckling up the curve to say, you know, good luck today. Like she's alone. Yeah. She's sitting there watching him um, try out. She's alone. Mm-hmm. And so there's no, she looks, she literally looks like, oh, this is the deranged chick that no one wants to be friends with. Right. Who came out of nowhere. The I other. I haven't been here and. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, Delia says, th- uh, says we got a lot of great gifts. Sorry, great gifts from this movie, so it wasn't all wasted. We do I get mean, a lot yeah. of good gifts. There are Not a lot. The lie, gift like, game is... It's, yeah. It's, at least helps. I think yeah. one of the things I wanted to point out as well is just in general, the portrayal of girls in this movie is like garbage. Um, like just even so like from the from like lavender and then like i think overall like other than hermione and jenny it's very much like these girls are crazy like they just out here and 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 i don't say that as like these girls are actually crazy but that's just like the way that the movie writes them is like mm-hmm. when Harry or sorry when Slughorn is talking about the Felix Phyllis it's like Katie uh Lavender Ramil Devane and Hermione too is like freak like well no it's Pansy close. it's Pansy it's Pansy um, yeah the four of them are kind of like looking up they're like creeping no they're up like close, they're like closing. zombie walking closer, yeah, closer they're like, to oh my it. god and I'm like you none of the dudes are out here like first of all um just knowing what we know about men and the way that they you know deal with <laughs> women that they want to do things with and or to sorry um like the fact that there are no dudes looking at that love potion like ooh is categorically false um mm-hmm. but then also it just makes it like really gross to see oh look at all these crazy women and then all of a sudden and then when Hermione's talking to Harry about the love potion and, and Romilda and he's like oh really and she's just like giving him eyes and it's like really Let's not do that. Also, this. you're a fourth year, so I need you to like not be a sixth year, chill out, be a level and not potions. be in newt level potions. <laughs> Did nobody ask her why the fuck she was there? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you you got regular potions. You didn't pass your OWLs last. She yeah. sneak. She snuck into a whole course so she could get close to Harry. Like it's just, it's it's a lot. And like Portia says, uh, do we even do we ever really see Ramilda talk? Um, yeah. Maggie says we just see her stare and giggle. Um, and then Delia says it's problematic because it seems it makes the seems like the girls have gone wild, but the dudes are just as wild during puberty. Um, so why don't we see guys falling over themselves over Jenny? Because apparently she's so beautiful or and whatever. Um, only person, only like dude we see tripping is Cormac. And this is another thing I was, this is where another char- part of the characterization I wanted to go to after we finish with Lavender. Cormac literally goes up to Ron and is like, what's up with your friend Granger? Could you introduce me? Like, bitch, you're in sixth, it's a sixth year. They've been seventh year, I think, but like. But, okay, but Ron and Hermione have been. Tower. All all in the same tower, but also Ron and Hermione have been, like, at the hip for six years. So if you know Ron, you know Hermione. Right. You don't need to be introduced. It's weird. You only talk to Ron in the showers? In also, the bathroom? Cormac with his big-ass broomstick. That shit had me rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't know why I need a broomstick that big. Like, you why is compensating it thick for with something. two Cs? Why is the broomstick thick with two Cs, Robin? He was compensating. I'm just so irritated about he was giving the broomstick. He was trying to give y'all a little preview of what he's working with. <laughs> it was a visual oh representation. Yo, I'm so irritated. <laughs> This is like a problem. And then on top of that, like just the romance in general in this movie was a hot mess. Why is Dumbledore asking Harry about his relationship with Hermione? Right. What? Or the like First of all, the, the random girl in the in the um shop, in the tea shop, which like she was cute and they had more chemistry than yeah. Harry and Jenny ever did. Even like, though there was Dumbledore, no reason for her to be there. There was no given, reason for her to right. Given that like we could have then been with the Dursleys and seen right. them get told off, but like whatever, go off. Right. Right, like it was a wasted scene. I think they it's cheaper 
to have a scene with some random girl than to hire the Dursleys? I don't know. I, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to yeah. try to make it make sense. But why is Dumbledore talking about I've ruined, I've, I seems like I might have messed up your night. Like, you were 150 professor? years old. It's like none I of your like business. This is a little like, bit too. So personal. I love the moment where Dumbledore, where after like Lavender, or after Ron says Hermione's name when he's like mm-hmm. I've been poisoned, and Lavender runs off, and he's like, "Oh, to be in love, or like, oh, to be young, and to feel love's keen sting." Like I feel like that's what shit Dumbledore would say. Like yes, anyway. So that's because he's just a bystander to this. Like he just and walked just, in, and he's just a petty ass dude. He right. works for this shit. Right. That's like but half he the also, reason he took the headmaster position. Right, but to, literally. Like, he comes to check on the well-being of a student who got poisoned and sees right. the breakup, this like dramatic, melodramatic ass breakup, and he's like, "Well, I can't say nothing, right. you know." <laughs> Anybody got some popcorn? <laughs> that was entertaining, you know. It's like way I to just... way to lighten Snake? the mood. No, he's like, no? Severus, you felt that? No, no, Horace, Minerva, Minerva, you see that? You know, you know, you know remember that? You remember that shit? <laughs> like, I, that part was, like, fine, right? You just happened to be, like, awkwardly standing there, there. while... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shit and you were down. supposed to be there. But you don't come out of the blue talking about, what's up with you and Hermione, though? Like... First of all, though, like, how does that since given, like, he's like, I've seen you've been spending a lot of time with Hermione Granger. Yeah, since That's the, the past since six the troll. years. Since goddamn Halloween of 1991, yes, we've been hanging out a lot. Like, I also hang out with Ron. <laughs> you gonna ask about us or no? Like, right. I just, it seems so unnecessary, especially because Dumbledore would never do that because he knows their relationship and is very much, like, banking on that relationship <laughs> for shit to get done, right? So, like, it just makes not a lot of sense for him to be like, oh, I see you've been hanging out with Miss Granger. It's also gross because it's not your business and you're a grown-ass man. Like, past grown. Past grown. To be asking about Harry Potter and his love life. We think not. about 500. <laughs> like, um, or 150, I think is what they mm-hmm. said. The other part of that, too, is like... At some point... And it must have been Order of the Phoenix. Yes, in Order of the Phoenix, J.K. Rowling says you need to include Creature. He's important, in which he's not important. Um, <laughs> but... At some point, she's not like, hey, you guys are really, like, doing this Harry Hermione ship real heavy-like. So and heavy. you know that's not how that's going to end up, right? Like, chill out. But knowing the way that she views twist, <laughs> plot twist. It's true. Maybe she thought, like, oh, this is a good way to, like, catch him off guard. And it's like, no, man, you don't build that shit up that heavy. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, Portia says that she thought Edward and Harry and Cho from the last movie was enough, or she guessed they thought that the, the, um, the filmmakers thought that Edward and Harry and Cho from the last movie was enough, (laughs) um, and Edward, of course, is the monster in Harry's chest. Um, which well, didn't show up in the movie, and like that was. A oh good no, thing. Edward! Edward, it's Cedric Diggory. See, because oh. <laughs> the way Wizard Team works, this is confusing, yo. Because I was like, I didn't think that Edward was in had nothing to do with his relationship or with Cho, Phoenix. But yeah. Edward was Cedric Diggory. Actual, she was awesome. actual Edward. Like, Edward do you Cullen. see? But do you see the 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 yeah. the circular yeah, logic here? Because we named the monster after Edward Cullen. We did. It's all very confusing. 
Um, confused ourselves. That's crazy. So, Portia said, that's why Rita Skeeter's column during the Triwizard Tournament was so popular. All the older wizards love them some young drama because they don't have TV. It's true. They take what they can get. I think that's mm-hmm. all of the wizards, young and old. Yeah. What, what some good TV would do. It's, they just, you know, they need to figure out this technology magic thing. Or just make a magical version. I think y'all could do it. Yeah. You have the resources. And then Delia says, to be fair, the movie's Dreaming of Harmony was just them looking at Henny and like, seriously? <laughs> because, okay, let's ooh. talk about that. Because Can we talk about Bonnie Wright, though? Because I have questions. She just had no type of facial expression. Okay, but here's the question. Here's the question. Okay. Was she acting like Jenny, who is written as a boring slab of ca- of cardboard was she acting like cardboard or can she not act or so is she her performance yeah. was cardboard well i mean if you remember in chamber secret she had a lot of moments where her eyes widened and then that was it yeah but she was like 10 i know 10. but what i'm saying is that's what she was that was her foundation right that was um, her character she had nothing she was building to do. off of. She had nothing to do except for, like, walk down a bridge and, like, use Reducto one or two times um, in Order of the Phoenix. And so she didn't have to... You know how, like, Harry... Or, Harry. Dan and, and Emma and Rupert have... Are in a lot of scenes, so they get to exercise their acting muscles? She didn't necessarily have that. Um, yeah, but she's not only acting. Has anyone seen her in anything beyond no. Harry Potter? No. Okay. This is how I feel about a lot of, not a lot, about one in particular, companion in Doctor Who. So, I mean, there's that. Ooh, tell me. Uh, Karen Gillan. Really? Where I feel like she was just playing herself when she was Amy, because everything else I've seen her in, I've been like, can she, can she not? She's not great as Nebula. Like, act, like she, but I also, also. But everyone's a selfie was great. No, I but I also, it. I also, yeah, but I think part, I've watched like the first couple episodes. I think I also want to see her try to act with her regular accent because they had her trying to use this American accent and that shit was tragic. Is that um, what Nebula was doing? No, that's what Homegirl and Selfie, that's what she was doing in Selfie. In Selfie, yeah. And then in Nebula, she's, I don't know what she's trying to do. She's trying to be like part cyborg, part like whatever. So it's hard, but I think one, I want to see her act in her. So I'm not 100% sold. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like, she definitely can't act, but she's the one who I'm very much like, can't she? I can't really tell. But like, I think that sometimes when you're cast to play one, it's, I mean, it's also the same with Kit Harrington. When you're cast to play one yeah. thing and then you delve out into something else. I mean, he delved out into Pompeii, which like, <laughs> fandom, high five. Excuse um, you. It's exquisite. That was but, an Oscar worthy performance. It was. But what I'm saying and is also that. also he's in no, the MI5 no, it was in. What I was gonna say is it was an Emmy worthy performance because I'm did he win an Emmy <laughs> off this shit? I don't know. Off of Game of Thrones, but like they hired him to be Jon Snow in okay. with no clothes. That's what he they said yeah. with a six pack. They said, You've been covered up in this fur for <laughs> so long. You've been in the winter. You've been in the north. Summer has come. So let me come pick you out here with a harness and a skirt, and I got you, bro. Uh, in Show the summertime. And you're going to be Jon Snow. And you know what? I'm personally here for it. I'm, so that's I'm, fine. I'm just saying that some of these actors don't get the opportunity to show off their acting chops in the roles that, that kind of like define them. Um, and in ones that they don't, you know, they don't necessarily get to grow. And like, so it's hard to tell if they can. So there's a scene, um, which is like a good Rupert scene, actually, because he comes in and cock blocks 
Also makes me like real, I get real, sorry, I just get real Mike Pence and Mother Pence vibes from Harry and Jenny now. Because she comes up to give him like a, like it's during Christmas, she goes to give him like a cookie or some pudding or I don't know what she was feeding him. But her hand was shaking. And I was like, is her hand shaking because she's nervous? Because she's like, you know, putting on her best flirt with the boy that she likes? Or is her hand shaking because she's nervous because she knows she can't act and she's like... (laughs) Am I going to get caught out here? I couldn't tell. Is that Bonnie's hand shaking or is that Jenny's hand shaking? I don't know. I'm unsure. Right. Um, and then also when she fuck, when she um, ties his shoelaces, that's what I was like. Mother Pence, is that you? What is going on? Oh, God. Yo, the shoelaces was just like, this is awkward. You ain't got to do- when he was, She was like, oh, you want to eat this? pie out of my hand and I'm like this is really this is how y'all flirt aren't you still right. dating at this point first of all <laughs> so let's no I think they broke up because Hermione says look at her eyes they've been fighting again been in fighting the flood club and that was how they decided that, that, that they were no longer dating except mm-hmm. for the fact that like movie wise they I mean book wise they were still dating um it it was just it <laughs> It was hard to watch. Also, since we're already here in the shoelaces and it's the scene right after the goddamn burrow made no sense and so like i just let's let's start from the beginning so first of all the fact that the death eaters can even get into like anywhere in the vicinity of the burrow makes no sense and they did this they deserve the burrow deserved they did, burn. This in the, they did this in the movie like a couple times where like hogwarts is the only place that has like protection and we don't see any wizards like when they see we only you know the um like past phrases or passwords or like things only you would know or whatever to kind of protect we don't see any of the wizards like employing that protection now which would make sense um given how that's what happens in the book and then it would also make it would set the foundation for how they react when they, uh, after the battle of the seven, seven potters in the next movie um but there's that moment where Hermione's like when they get back to Hogwarts and she's like it's so easy for them to get to you but like it shouldn't be because there should, should be protections that's around why the he's thing. at the borough like that's the it, whole like, point he otherwise he'll just, just stay at, at Hogwarts drive. right Hog- like, yeah so like what do you mean why would Dumbledore leave him there if it's that easy to get to him at the borough first of all second of all why is Bellatrix there I know why she's there they just you know they like Helena Bottom Carter they want to give her something to do so they have her there she all but then she gets there and all she does is scream I killed Sirius Black like it's the end of the Order of the Phoenix but like we're past that shit now not past his death but like past that part of her character you know what I mean like yeah um, she's killed so then, many people since then she doesn't remember like, killing she Sirius Black even, like what to taunt Harry like no um, and then Harry and running. because we have such like this, this moment towards the end of the book or in the movie when Snape is like don't touch Harry he's the Dark Lord so it's like so why were you going to the borough in the first place in the first place just to taunt him like that's dumb it makes no sense like otherwise Voldemort's ass should have just showed up if that's the case um, and then Harry running after them into the nothingness of the, the swamp. And then Ginny! And then Ginny Running after well, her! Like, you don't got no clothes, clothes on! on. <laughs> you got a robe on! Bitch, put on You some don't jeans. even know where like, you're going. You can't find Harry. It's dark. Meanwhile, you can't even there see. are Death Eaters. And then you find Harry and what? You're both like, oh shit, we don't know magic. We're children. We don't know. We're children. We ain't even passed our tests, our exams. Harry don't even know how to fix his own damn nose. Like, what are we, what are we here for? And like, and so I did under, like Harry running out made sense character wise yeah. because that's just the and shit also, Harry would do. She ca- and like, he caught the Weasleys off by guard. 
Jenny right, running out. They ready. Mama snatch your bitch by the hair. If you would get your ass back bitch, in the room. Not. And like I understood like Remus being like, yo, Harry, what are you doing? And running after like that part yeah. I liked because like we just need more Remus in our lives. We just do. generally. Um but Remus who is dating Tonks already. Tonks and Tonks. Are, and knows she's like, oh, it's always hard. Hard around this time just, of the moon. Bitch, no, but you I'm like brand new. First of all, I'm like, wait, he's supposed to be a werewolf right now? This don't make no sense. Also, I just think that like so I remember in like around the time when this movie came out and like watching interviews and like reading shit and they're saying like oh we wanted to like show that like nowhere is safe which like one there are ways in the books that already portray that nowhere is safe for example all the kids who are get like parents and people who are getting murdered um like Emmeline Vance and, and Amelia Bones in the beginning people disappearing the kid who got bit by a werewolf like all Olive Anders disappearance there's all these things happening around and if you talk about them and like show them then that's a way to show shit going down right um I think also they missed the opportunity to then one show Bill um, and to two show the situation with Percy and Scrimger because that was the moment where they could have showed Scrimger and Harry having that like clash and showing yes. Harry still having issues with the ministry. And that's really important to his characterization um, and to just like how he kind of moves forward. And then the fact that they didn't show that and instead chose to burn down the borough, which they don't acknowledge again. Like just- by the time we see the borough next, the borough is fine. We're gonna have a, a wedding here. There are no issues. What? What? That fire. that scene too of all of the Weasleys, all of Ron, uh, and Ginny, and their parents because no one. Oh, and the the twins are out the outside too. Mm-hmm. They're just standing there, like looking heartbroken. And I, I'm a little. I got actually teared up. And then I realized I teared up because California is literally on fire right now. Right. Because mm-hmm. I was like. Just pull your wand out. Why are you just standing there staring at it? Like, like you, you have magic wands. as well. All of you have wands. The like, it was not going to come and say it's been in, like, whatever under It's been magic burned down by magic, so it can be, the, the fire can, it can be fixed by magic. What is going, why is, this is not an emotional beat. Like, this I don't understand. It. it doesn't make sense, because, especially because then it doesn't pay off later. Like, if they, if that had happened... Because it could, like, if that had happened and then in the future they have to, like, deal with the fact that, like, the borough's been burned down, fine. But they don't. Like, it just literally gets forgotten. And, like, they they do this close-up on Fenrir, and I thought, like, oh, maybe this is their way of introducing who he actually is. They never say his name. They never say his name. He never speaks. Nothing. He just happens to be a Death Eater, not adjacent. Yeah. At the very least, he does not bathe, and we can tell that he does not brush his teeth. He has but like the hair. amount of time and money they spend on Bruh's makeup and like they could have given wardrobe, him like a character. They like, could have explained it. Like who is he? We don't know. It's just it's a lot. So they burn down the burrow with Fenrir and Bellatrix, who like what a pairing. How. Why? Bellatrix Lestrange is not hanging out voluntarily with some like creature, whatever they would call her, like whatever they would call werewolves, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole thing is that she is definitely one of those pure blood fanatics, and like they use the werewolves to like get to their means, and they promise them things, but they're not promising them that they are going to be equal mm-hmm. or in the same social circle. They're not hanging out. They're not going to grab tea and burn down the burrow together. Right. Especially because there's no point in it. It wasn't a... I, I it doubt it was a mission. It didn't advance the plot at all. No, it, it wasn't a mission by Voldemort. It people angry. 
<laughs> they <laughs> went rogue. They got drunk and were like, hey, let's do this thing. And then, so can we just transition from that to Bellatrix as a whole? Mm-hmm. Because um, in the tower scene, and then when they're leaving um, Hogwarts after Dumbledore dies, the bitch is just wild. For She's wilding like, the fuck out. It is like... Bellatrix is like crazy and you know she's got like the crazy eyes and she's a she goes rogue and she's a wild card or whatever but you if nothing else she was not trying to fuck up Voldemort's spot like she always also, like, like she, she was wasn't a... so one thing is she was not in that in scene in the books which like you know we yeah. were just talking about that like two weeks ago um it's also really funny because I was watching this with my sister and like every second I was like in the books and I could hear myself <laughs> but I couldn't stop myself um but she was like drunk so she couldn't she didn't get annoyed she was just like oh mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah perfect. pour me another <laughs> okay. but um but yeah no like I I think that like that part to me it was funny because Draco was looking at her like auntie if you don't just let's go we gotta go yeah. Um, but also, also, instead of burning the borough, they could have had the, that, the battle with the Order yeah. of the Phoenix and the R's and, you know, could have had that entire interaction, but instead... They could have made that wall that no one could get through except Snape got through it. Like, that mm-hmm. could have been a visual effect that they... Could have froze hair. Could have used the invisibility cloak in right. multiple situations. Also, like, how difficult is it to just to freeze sh- Harry? Like it's not that hard. It took more lines. It took more time for him for them to say all those lines, and then have Snape come over and be like, "Shh," which like, what the fuck? Yeah. When does Harry I mean, ever so, listen to Snape? Right, and so I think what the issue is too, and this is like going into Snape in general, and like we've talked about his characterization in the movies pretty much every time we've watched after we've watched a movie, um, and how they soften him. So then it makes sense why Harry might in that moment decide to trust him. But, like, mm-hmm. knowing all of their history, even just leading up to this point, not even getting into Snape's backstory and whatever the fuck, like, knowing about their history, knowing what happened with Aquamancy, what happened with Sirius and how Harry is, like, determined the fact not that to fact fuck Sempra, with Snape. The fact that Sempra, he's been in detention nonstop right. since. And then immediately after that, he's, like, timeline-wise, Harry found just recent, like, just found out earlier that day that Snape is the reason why Voldemort knew about His the prophecy. So there's no way he would let Snape go by. Like, no. there's no way he would trust him to do anything. The only way that that makes sense is if Harry is hidden and cannot move. And, like, J.K. Rowling did that on purpose. And, like, I get, like, she probably saw it and was like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, like, but some of she these, some of these moments... Right, but also, like, some of these moments are really important to people's characterization. The same thing with the way that Harry and Slughorn interact and the way that Harry's like, I'm gonna let him catch me or, or poach Collect me or whatever the fuck. Yeah. The shit is gross. But, um... Just all, mostly because Slughorn's gross. Um, and that's book and movie. Um, but yeah, so like I just, seeing Snape in that moment and just also dealing with his, um, just his characterization being different is is rough when you know that you're in a book or in, where we learn, what we may not learn a lot more about Snape, but the tension between Snape and Harry escalates. Like yeah, it, it skyrockets. Yeah. Um, and then we don't see that in the film at all. Um, I, I think another thing with um, the characterization too, and this is like beyond Snape, um, is like it messes with Harry's characterization. 
it messes with Dumbledore's characterization. Dumbledore mm-hmm. is supposed to know Harry inside out mm-hmm. and would know that, like, he would have to use, like, magic to, you know, keep him out of a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's a very weird moment when he's underneath the whatever that thing is and he's looking at Draco with his wand out. But, like, doesn't, doesn't do, anything. do anything. Right. Because it's just like, that's Harry Potter. Harry Potter does things. That's the whole point of him. Um, right. And uh, and then just like with the Burning of the Road, it doesn't move the plot. It never comes back up. Like, mm-hmm. I could have saved him. I could have, you know what I mean? Like, Right. Like, if you're going to let Harry let Snape go, then like, then you have to deal with the fact that he lets let Snape go, go. And immediately kill Dumbledore. Like, there has to be a thing there. I will say, like, shout out to, they did still deal with Snape and his coward thing. Like, it's like calling somebody chicken in a 90s cartoon (laughs) um, where he just, like, bucks up. It's very funny. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I just, it's, it's, I will say that, like, that moment where, like, the moment where Snape kills Dumbledore, that shit is heartbreaking. Yeah, when he's, like, Where Dumbledore's, like, Severus, please. please. I'm just, like, why? (laughs) That shit is a lot. Back Um, to Guardians of the Galaxy, it reminds me of Infinity War when she's, like, you promised. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a lot. So, yeah, I mean, again, like, there are some good things, and then there's some things that are just, like, what is happening here? Um, And I think that those things, like, are, you know, this book is not my favorite book. No. <laughs> if, you, if you've been following along. <laughs> but like you said, like, there are characterizations and, like, and motivations in this book that, like, make, that infuriate you. Like, honestly. You're yeah. like, leave Draco alone. Like, all that stuff. But, like, they are in line with his character in a way that, like, they just toss aside for the movie. And, the, yeah. and my problem with the movie is that from... Without knowing, without having the book to fill in those potholes and things, like just in, as an insular story, it doesn't make any sense. There is no mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. You don't really know. You um, just kind of go from like, this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. It's just kind of like. Yeah. It's just so a bunch it of doesn't. And, and I mean, I no... want to say like pacing wise too, like I don't know if I felt this way before and like it could also just be about me live tweeting and the fact that that's just not a way that I watch things. And so um, it's easier when I've seen the thing before, but it also just like changes the way that I interact with stuff. And, but like, I definitely felt like this movie dragged on. And I don't know if that was just me or if that was like actually the case where there was like a point where maybe like an hour and a half in and I was like, are we still like, this isn't like, how much longer do we have? Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if that was just this particular moment. So I don't want to like straight up say that the pacing is just like boring and a slog because that is maybe. Well, not I the think case, it's but... because of what they choose to spend their time on. And so we have this like scene of burning the burrow, which is like pretty long yeah. to do nothing. And then also just to, to like get take no out payoff. moments that are important and that probably cost less. Yeah. To do. That definitely um, costs less to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's possible. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see the dragging. I mean, I felt like this movie dragged, but that's also because I was just like, I do not like this movie. Like, no. Even before no. we even... I, I literally, whenever I think about this movie, I think about the 
furrow burning and like the anger that comes from that. Yeah. But like way before the burrow was burning, I was like, what is happening? Why are we, why are we here? Who's making mm-hmm. these choices? Yeah. But there were already a couple of scenes that were added for no reason or that were changed. And it was just like, cause I, I think cause I knew the burning of the burrow was coming. Like those annoyed me even more. Yeah. We're just going. We just not going to do anything in order the way it should be done. So I think that probably helped with the feeling of it dragging. Yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts? Um. Yeah. I think that like overall. I mean, I I go back to what we how we started this off over like overall the acting and things are great. Um, but this book and this movie were like, this book was very much a setup book, getting every, like explaining the things that needed to be explained and then getting ready for like the journey of hunting horror cruxes, but also having like the romance and all that other stuff to kind of add levity and, and give perspective that the world continues you know even in war people fall in love and there's um newts that you have to take and all that stuff reading the last chapter with eliana like it's just not my favorite that's not to say that it's not objectively like better than a bunch of books that i've read Mm -hmm. um but the movie also just has and I'm, i'm not sure now if like it has all of these elements that i just don't fuck with in movies in general um, yeah. If I don't fuck with those mo- because of this movie, or if I just have like never fucked with them, I can't delineate can't like tell. what came first. Yeah. But there's just a lot of elements in this movie that I just don't go in for. Um, Dumbledore's funeral or not funeral, whatever that was. Yeah. Like, I really like that gift. Like, but like what Delia says, like this movie gave us a bunch of really great gifts. But like, I don't go in for like high sentimenta- sentimentality like that. Like, now you're supposed to cry. We're gonna make you mm-hmm. cry the music's going to sweep and the, and the camera angle's going to, you know... And do, the light's going to get rid of the death, yeah. the dark mark, and yeah. Yeah, like, all of those, like, really heavy-handed, like, things to push an emotion, like, I don't... Like, they immediately take me out of it, and I, yeah. I feel like... I'm like Harry Potter with the Imperious Curse. I'm like, no! Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I won't feel that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? So, um... Yeah, I think... I... I understand the point of it. I just don't love how we get there. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I think that for me, um, I very much like, so again, so I, and I've said this like multiple times, like I, this is not my least favorite movie. First of all, y'all already know <laughs> the fuck it is. Um, but I will say that like, I, so my the, my thoughts on the movie are like much nicer because my heart was already broken before. So like when I watch this, my expectations are like really low. Um, but I will say that like I do. I think that there were some missed opportunities, which is frustrating because they chose they made different choices um, instead of doing those things. If that makes sense. So like burning down the burrow, even just like the opening. The opening scene I didn't really mess with because I'm like there was specific. Um, there were, there were specific things that were done in the beginning of the book that I think should have been done at the beginning of this movie. 
Um, and they didn't do that. And then I think that like burning the burrow when you could have had um, Dumbledore's eight hour service was kind of a loss and a miss. Getting rid of Harry's kind of fight with the ministry and keeping that to Umbridge is kind of like, I think also a missed opportunity. And short-sighted because then yeah. we get, when we do meet Scrimger, Harry has an attitude and it's just kind of like... And we don't know him and like why, that, why that's... And I think that like this movie especially... Like I think Order of the Phoenix did it, but I think this movie especially relied on um, outside knowledge and on um, the fans knowing what was going on. And I think also, I mean, going back to Fantastic Beasts really quickly and like pedally because I am who I am. Um, that's, what's, that's what the problem is with those movies is that they're very much, again, relying on the fans to know what's happening without there being any source no material book. for There's them no to know. There's no source material for us so to like, know. So, like, how would they know what's going on, right? So that's, I think that that's, like, a lazy um, move when they could be doing better storytelling, even if the, th- even if the same things... Because, obviously, adapting a book to a movie is not going... You're, you're going to have to leave things out. But I think that they... Because they rely so much on the fans and our knowledge they miss opportunities to tell good stories even separate from the book. Right, and I and I think this is something that, like, you can see, I again, I'm sorry to bring up, like, Regency era things, like Jane Austen adaptations. You can see adaptations where they leave a lot of things out. Fucking The Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley, which I'm not a big... Like, the things that adaptations do, and, like, all adaptations should... Like, all good adaptations should be able to do this, is, like, take the bones of a story and condense it and get a, you have to sometimes you do lose whole subplots and things like that mm-hmm. like I'm not mad about losing subplots but you don't take pieces of this subplot and pieces of that subplot you take like the main plot of the story and you make sure that it has that it still tells a narrative story where there's a beginning a middle and an end there's a conflict and a resolution um, and that's what good adaptations do regardless of how much time you have or whatever, mm-hmm. like you have to, um, you have to always make sure that you're still telling a complete story and you should never like any, in, in an adaptation, like the things, the reason why the books are always better than the movie isn't because like, Oh, that's how you know who these people are. It's like, no, because you get the subplots and you get all the nuances and you get like, you know, things that don't more, translate. Right. Yeah. Like, the color, like the more the color and things like that. It's not right. that the book is better than the movie because we know who Peeves is and we know why right. Bill likes his steaks rare. Like <laughs> you should know who Bill is. Period. If you're gonna take out the wedding plot, then you or need like to the take- wedding plot and like all he because he pops up in Goblet of Fire. Like they you if you take him out, then then just take him out. It's fine. Right. We don't need, it's not like you absolutely have to have him, but if you're going to put him in a little bit, like actually try. Like it feels very much like, oh shit, we got to put this character in. And it's like, they should just have, you know. um, Like the same with Percy. Like we see Percy um, in Order of the Phoenix and it's alluded to that there's a breakdown that it's never fully explored. And then we don't see him again until they're crying at the Battle of Hogwarts. And Mm -hmm. it's like. They could, yeah. So the, the things you can just take out and it's fine, but yeah, I agree. You can't put, you can't like leave a little bit in. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's one of the reasons I feel like sometimes people are like, you guys are always saying these movies are messy, you're always shitting on the movies. But like, honestly, like, it's just, it's just the way that they approached it. 
because if they had approached it in a different way, I think these would be fine. Because, I mean, I don't generally have any issues with the Hunger Games movies. Um, there, are things, there are choices they made that I don't, like, that I don't particularly like, but I think that they more or less approached it as we are, like, specifically ad- adapting this, and they're not adding things that aren't being explained. I um, will I think say the Game of that Thrones, the I think Hunger the Game Games of Thrones, actually yeah. really helped me in... Is Chasing Fire the last one? Catching Fire. That's Catching totally Fire. The one. That's the second one. Mockingjay is the Mockingjay. last one. Mockingjay. So in Mockingjay, when they're... Or is it Catching Fire? I can't remember. When they're going through the city, it's in Mockingjay. And the it's war has started. I couldn't follow that shit to save my life in the movie. I mean, in the reading it. Like, I mm-hmm. kind of got it, but I didn't know where we were. And I was confused. And there are tunnels. Yeah. And they are not tunnels. And the movie, like... I was like, oh, I see it. I yeah. see it. That's what a movie should do. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. would even say, like, Game of Thrones, like, they, especially the last two seasons, like, and there's stuff that's a mess, and there's stuff that there are choices they made that they shouldn't have made. Um, but more or less, especially the ones that are, like, I guess, seasons one through five, where they're kind of most, more or less following the books, they mm-hmm. took out, like, three or four or like a, fil- a thousand subplots and other storylines and characters but they it's still mash generally characters together together but it's still more or less like like you can't be mad at it because they more or less keep like the bones of the story yeah. right um even twilight and that shit is Ooh. lord they more or less follow the plot of the story and keep the bones of the story. So I well, not even in Twilight's like, defense too, the books were trash as well. Yeah, there's so not a lot happening there. But the point is, is that like adaptations can happen, and like even if they're not good, because like the Twilight adaptations are not good, but also the books aren't good. So whatever. Yeah. All um, right, they, a, they get a generally a good <laughs> job. So like adaptation, it's not like adap- we are shitting on adaptations as a whole. It's really just the way this is the approach, the choices that they made. Yeah. Um, let's move on to more, yes. um, fun things like the spreadsheet. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, so, um, we are gonna talk about who, uh, won and lost the book. So I'm gonna go back first. We're gonna take it back to, uh, April, um, when we ended <laughs> Order of the Phoenix and With our, our predictions. predictions. So I had predicted that Hermione was gonna win this, uh, this book and that Harry was gonna lose. Um, and then mm-hmm. Robin uh, guessed that Dumbledore was going to win and that either Snape or Draco was going to lose. She wasn't really sure. I just really um, want Snape to lose a book. Yeah. I know your feelings was... on it, but I just feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, Delia had guessed that Hermione would win, but Harry would be benched. Amani guessed Dumbledore would win, but Harry would be benched. Um, Portia guessed Dumbledore would win. But Draco would be benched, and then Laurel guessed Hermione would win, and Ron would be benched. Um, so, drum roll, do 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 do, whatever. <laughs> the MVP for Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince is none other than Albus Percival Wolf- Wolfric, Lion Brian Dumbledore. Hey, I was right. Yeah, which is funny because actually you were right for MVP, and I was right for bench. Um, Amani <laughs> was right completely. Um, it's because Benched is none other than Harry James. I don't know what I'm doing if I'm not being reckless. Potter. <laughs> um, so yeah, he loses he, the book, his own book. Yeah, it gets worse it. than that, but we're going to get there. So Dumbledore won with 110 votes um, and Harry lost with 74. So like Bench's like votes are tend to be a little bit more, like I've noticed they're a little bit more spread out than MVPs mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, even on the ones where Harry got 
benched like often like he got benched the most in that chapter but oftentimes there were other ones that spread out for that chapter um so that's why he has less uh benched votes than mvp if that makes sense um, yeah i think usually it is that like the person yeah. who wins the chapter like obviously has won the chapter and then the benchings are a little bit especially when there isn't like a you know especially with the romance chapters and stuff like that mm-hmm. where there's not like a big bad type of situation it is exactly like, it's a little bit more subjective. Yeah, it's more subjective. Um, so in second place for MVP is Hermione with uh, 84. In third place is Harry. So Harry got third place. <laughs> and he also got 77. So he got more votes for MVP than he did for Bench, but still one Bench. Um, so he is in third place for MVP, which is hilarious. quite hilarious to me. Um, in second place for the Bench is... Snape? Thomas. What? Yeah. Finally. For once, he got up there. It's kind of cool. Um, and then in third place is Slughorn. Slughorn. Yeah. Yeah, because Slughorn was gross and also, like, needed to not tell his student how to create horcruxes. Ooh. Like, that with, was just the With mix. all of the knowledge. Like, I'm just... Yeah. The, just the specificities in which like, we spilled those boy, beans. You gotta... Woof. Um, Snape is close on... Is a close four, though. Um... So, yeah, so that's that's who who won and lost. And then who is in the lead? So um, our guess was for who's in the lead. So my guess was that Hermione would be in the lead for the series um, and that Snape would be in the lead to lose. And then actually we both guessed that. Um, so what's happening is that we were right. Hermione is in the lead to win, but Umbridge is still in the lead to lose. <laughs> well, wait, she nobody... did come in, but she did come in um, and snag a couple of benches. She in this got a book. couple this book. She did, but like she got like five. Um, so she did like go up a little bit, but also she's like at 198. <laughs> um, Voldemort Hermione... his game up. Thanks. Yeah. Which and Snape too. So Hermione is at 366 votes um, for the series. So she's like in the very clear lead for the uh, series. And then Harry, let me just double check real quick. Who's yeah, second? Harry's in is it Harry? Second place. Harry's in, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Harry's in second place with 250. And Dumbledore is in third with 215. So wait, Hermione's got 396? No, 366. Oh, 360 still. 366. Yeah. And second place bu- is But she also... Yeah, but also she won, like, super, like, she was killing it in Order of the Phoenix, and then she also won in Goblet of Fire, so she just has, like, bigger, um... She's got a bigger, like... She's got to get a bigger lead. Although, in, like, Goblet of Fire, Harry and uh, Hermione were very close in their thing, and then I think Order of the Phoenix kind of pushed her up, and then this one, because Harry was just wilding, just, he couldn't... (laughs) I mean, this one and the last one. In the, yeah, I mean, but this one especially. Yeah. Um. So Umbridge is still in the lead for Bench with 198. And then do you want to know who's in second place for Bench right now? Snape? Harry. 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 Harry is... It's like when I put these does in... does not lose this series? Yo, yo, when I put this in, I was literally... Like, I was... I, granted, I was tipsy, but, like, my mouth... My jaw had dropped. I was like, Harry Potter. <laughs> Like motherfucker, if Snape gets out of here scot free, y'all, like he doesn't lose a book or the series, I'm going to be livid. 
So let's put our big boy and girl panties on. Yo. Harry is at 190. Harry's at 190. Because he's always been bit. Like, he's consistently... Doing the most. (laughs) He's consistently doing the most. Um, Snape, I believe, is in third place, though. Yeah, with 160. Okay, we can... That's not insurmountable. He has... He has... It's not. It is not. But he has... Yeah. But we have Um, to do our part. We have to vote. Show up. We do. Um, Harry made me laugh, though. He is just... He is in second place for lead for the series of both MVP and bench. (laughs) He's going to win and lose this book. He might win and lose. (laughs) It's really funny. Um, Which is like life, right? Life is messy. We always talk about nuance. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Um, So Delia says that Umbridge is probably going to get some next book because she shows up again. Just can't mind her business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Portia says, and she wilds out by stealing an organ of a dead man, which is a thing that happens. Uh, And then Maggie says she's so ready to bitch Snape through when they get to Grandma Place and find that ripped photo. And Delia says she's going to be real reckless with her Snape benches. So I think as a team, we're... As a team, we can do it. (laughs) Amani says that if Harry loses the series, he's going to die laughing. Me also, and as well. Tiana comes Uh, in with, I want to bench Harry for almost losing his own series. Own series! Like, bro! (laughs) What is happening? Um, Maggie Maggie says, bench Snape's background horribleness to (laughs) K-19. Exactly. Um, So this is just, this is, this is, like, hilarious to me and fascinating. Um, but I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone who voted um, and who got yeah. your stuff in in time. Um, that was great. And I, man, I spent a lot of. T- I was just like, all right, as soon as I get them, let's just put them in. I'm excited. I'm gonna tabulate. <laughs> I was very excited. I was Birdman in the window. Dot gif. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so this is so this is like kind of exciting, but also like a little bit sad because this is the last predictions that we're going to do for this series series, because this is definitely hollows and we're finishing up so um robin who do you think is going to win definitely hollows and who do you think is going to lose i mean i gotta give it to hermione again yeah um i want to say harry but i'm already thinking of like the moments in which hermione definitely is going to get him over the hump um (laughs) in this book and I have a renewed vigor to make sure that Snape loses, but I just don't know. He's not in every chapter. And mm-hmm. I feel like Voldemort is going to take this book because Voldemort's mm-hmm. like, we see a lot more of him in this book than yeah. we do in any other book. But I just really need Snape to lose. Yeah. So I'm going, yeah. my prediction is that Voldemort will lose this book, but my hope. Is, is that, that we will all does. stay focused and get Snape <laughs> the throne. Yeah, I I also think Hermione's gonna win. I just like thinking about like you were saying, like I just like it's it's again it goes back to Harry talking about I guess I'm gonna have to go this alone and and, and like how, <laughs> sir? Like you literally can't. There's no way you can do this without Hermione. Um and, and arguably Ron, but I think that Hermione in terms of just like the planning and the like she has all this all the resources and she has all the shit together. Yeah. Um, and she's like the quickest thinker. She's like, I think that she's going to take it. Um, I think losing the book will, I think it'll probably be Tom as well. Um, just because, and I think that, you know, it's part of the reason why he ended up losing 
a lot in this book is because we start to see more of the ramifications of what he's doing and we kind of you know there's no there was no big bad like umbrage or like you know like or not big bad but like little bad localized and focused (laughs) bad um like umbrage or barty crouch or lockhart or you know what i mean so i think Mm -hmm. it's easier to um to then bench voldemort when that's like he's the person we're that's constantly on our mind um so i feel like he'll probably end up taking this book yeah um so portia says that she thinks hermione will win and voldemort will lose um as does amani um delia is 50 50 between uh harry and hermione um and then uh also tom maggie also says hermione and And that tom will lose and that Um, yeah um Portia says that she wishes Dobby was in book seven um, enough to win, which is a bench, a, a feelings bench. But um, yeah, uh, Tiana says that she thinks Hermione and Voldemort will also uh, take it for this book. Um, who do you think is going to win the series? The whole series, guys. Think that Hermione is going to win the series? Just looking at the numbers now, like I just yeah. don't see how. I think she's got it pretty much locked. I don't see how she's going to take it. And I'm kind of worried because I don't feel like, given the numbers that you've given us so far, that unless we really do like get it together, I think Umbridge might lose the series off of one book alone. Yeah. Um. I'm just trying to remember, like, the amount of chapters that we have in Deathly Hollows. I think that Voldemort might get the most, uh, like, of them, but I don't think that even getting all the chapters in Deathly Hollows, he'll have enough. Mm-hmm. But maybe. Yeah. So, um, I still really want Sirius, or Severus to lose. I really want Snape to lose um, the series. But, yeah, I don't know. I think. Yeah. I think it I might think, be. I think, um, it, I think we might just be locked in now. With- I also, I think Hermione's going to win just looking at the numbers. I, I feel like. And knowing, like, what she does in this next book, I just, like, she's going to win the series. I am going to hold out faith. I believe. I am from the Warrior. Uh, I am from Oakland, California. Golden State Warriors. You girl, don't even watch football. I mean, basketball. I did during the We Believe era, though. Um, so I'm out here. Um, I believe that Snape can do it. Um, yeah, I think I think he can. I think he can pull through and be and be the trash that he truly is. <laughs> um, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it means a lot to me, guys. You don't even know. <laughs> like no. Snape losing this book means a lot to me. I'm very highly invested in it. Yeah. So, I really do hope that he can, like, you know, do this one thing right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Portia predicts, uh, like, either 50-50 win between Harry and Hermione, and then lose, she says, maybe the Ministry or Fudge. Fudge does get a lot of high votes in general. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... Imani says Hermione um, for the series, and then Snape bench Snape. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Dahlia says that Hermione is going to win the series and Snape is going to lose. Which this is like making me feel really good because it's making me feel like 
we're all going to pull together for a common cause. <laughs> because we do, like, it's weird because I'm predicting what other people are going to do. But, like, we have, like, we are deciding, you know? I mean, um, like, I don't want to skew the votes, but I also right, think it would be really brilliant if he doesn't win a book and wins the series. Because I think I that know. That makes sense. I don't want to skew like, the vote, but I also want to really, like, mount my um, Bench Snape 2019 campaign. campaign. I mean, do what you want to do, bro. Like, be like homeboy from Salesforce and have, like, promoted tweets every five seconds on the timeline. <laughs> you um, can vote Maggie no also- on Snape. Vote no on Snape. I can't. Um, We should. No, we shouldn't. Maggie um, also predict. Sorry. um, Hermione and Snape to take it home for the series. Um, Let me scroll down. Oh, Tiana uh, says Hermione and Harry might lose, which I think is at this point is possible. (laughs) It's absolutely possible. For Harry to lose this book. Like, I am not even, I don't even begrudge that shit because, like, Harry is beyond a thousand on 111,000. So, it's totally possible. Um, it's... Cool. So, thank you for listening. Next week, we will be discussing chapter one of Harry Potter wow. and the Deathly Hollows, The Dark Lord Ascending. And I have a lot of mo- emotions about that, but, like, it's just a thing that we're doing. Um, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who's benched for the chapter. Um, join the conversation on Twitter at We Black and Nerds. Use the hashtag Wizard Team. Um, check us out at BlackGirlsCreate.org as usual. And check out our web, our other podcast. Who watched Tarib and Relative Blackness in Space? Mm-hmm. Also, let us know your predictions uh, for MVP and benched. Um, for the next book, we would like to know them. And then next week, when we start the book, you can let us know your votes for the Start chapters. voting. Vote early. Vote often. Yeah. I, I input them every week. So, like, I'm fine to take them all the, at the end. Like, I'm cool to do that. But I also take do them input every week. So, um, if you have... It's also, like, easier for her if she does me. it every week, you know? Instead of, like... I mean, you know... Just, I honestly don't mind every either way. Like, do it how it, it makes sense for you. Just but, vote. Um, just know that I am putting them in every week. I'm not holding on to them. Yeah. And if you put them in earlier, we can get um, the periodic updates to the spreadsheet that are always really fun. That too. We get like a halfway yeah. point one. Um, and it would be nice if the halfway point one was more accurate because more people had put in their votes in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we're gonna figure out the live tweet situation. I think we've decided we're gonna do it all in one day for the Did book. We? So we also have. I don't remember. I feel like you said you wanted to do that. I don't particularly have a preference. Um, so we're either gonna like really go hard and do a marathon on one day and watch both movies, or we're gonna split it up and we'll figure it out. Um, also, we're gonna end this like very close to. I think the only reason now I want to do it all together is because if we do it all together then we end like our last chapter comes out on harry potter's birthday nice but why can't we our do it like friday saturday episode. you said what friday part one saturday? on friday part two on saturday it doesn't mess up yeah the... we'll f- yeah we'll, we'll figure, figure it out, it out. We have like eight months <laughs> is the point so he'll learn he'll figure it out when we do um but yeah 
Thank you all for, for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for binging if you just found us like three weeks ago, because I know that there's yeah. somebody who did that and that's wild and you're mm-hmm. amazing. Um, thank you for you telling know, your friends about us. us. Yeah, allowing us to talk in your ears for two hours and <laughs> yell at you. Like, this is all yeah. very amazing. We started this a little over three years ago and it was just the two of us talking in a room and now we have like a whole community and it's amazing and it makes me cry if I cried I'm a thug so I don't do that but like you know I cry enough for the both of us I would cry I cry (laughs) um I'm we're very thankful um and yeah we'll see you next week with get your book out you know get ready get prepped get ready it is time all right bye y'all bye Thank you.